Hey everyone, welcome back to Make It Happen Mondays, where we talk about sales, business, entrepreneurship, personal growth, mental health, and everything in between with guests who I truly respect and I think make a positive impact on the world around us. Now, this is a very special week since I'm going to be attending and speaking at HubSpot's inbound conference in Boston all week. Now, because of this, we decided to do a HubSpot takeover of the podcast with my good friend, Russell Bradley Cook, who's actually the senior app partner manager over at HubSpot. And he's going to be talking to some of the leading CEOs in the tech industry about the future of sales and where sales is going, especially in this world of AI. We're going to release these episodes daily, so make sure you tune in and let me know what you think. Let's make it happen. Hi, John. Thanks for the intro. I'm Russell Bradley Cook, and I'm thrilled to be a part of this. As John mentioned, he's at Boston at our annual inbound conference, and I'm going to be bringing you not one, but five episodes this week, featuring the CEOs of top software companies with integrations on the HubSpot's marketplace. They are Seismic, Sixth Sense, G2, Chili Piper, and Typeform, talking about how AI is being used by their sales and marketing teams and in their product, as well as the future of sales and partnerships. Thank you very much for joining us. You can join Don and I on LinkedIn with hashtag JBSales and hashtag Let's Make It HubSpot Monday. Let's kick it off. Kim, welcome to the Make It Happen podcast with John Barrows. Obviously, I'm not John. I'm Russell Bradley Cook, HubSpot Senior App Partner Manager, and delighted to have you here uh, to represent Typeform. Uh, the HubSpot podcast takeover for Make It Happen is really uh, designed to help sales execs get the C-level view. And one of the big trends that I see is PLG encroaching on what was traditionally enterprise sales. And I also see similar things, dynamics on, on marketing. And so very, very glad that that you could join. Uh, Typeform, uh, one of the giants in, in PLG, and so thank you very much. Welcome to Make It Happen. Thank you, Russell. It's uh, truly my pleasure to be here. Uh, great. And so I'd love to understand a little bit about the your personal journey as CEO, uh, but also uh, maybe before that, if you can give a high level view for, for folks who don't know Typeform, um, fundraising, uh, key clients, um, kind of key overview, employees globally, that kind of thing. Yeah. So... What is Typeform? Maybe first, uh, Typeform is the very, very best way for businesses to collect uh, zero-party data from their most valued uh, audiences. And zero-party data ah. is the information, the data that is provided directly by by a person, by a human. And I believe this this bit is is very, very important because zero-party data combined with other sources of data is what truly provides a good understanding of um, those audiences' behaviors and needs and wants and expectations, etc. And, and I say it's the very best because um, from the customer perspective, the creator, we, we call them creators, um, it's very versatile. It can be used almost for anything. Uh, it integrates with more than 100 different um, other softwares in the tech stack and it's highly customizable and so that they can express who they are they can stand out from the competition by by making sure that it, it, it shows as, as as they want right with their logos and their backgrounds and fonts and, and everything else but and this is also very important it's uniquely designed from the very beginning 
to provide the best respondent experience. And and that's that's a key difference for us because we always thought that the person contributing the data is um, dedicating time and providing that valuable information. We need to respect that. We need to provide this person, every person doing that with the greatest experience. And and that's our best way of helping our customers as well. So that, that's who we are. So think about any kind of form, survey, poll, quiz um, that that you can find in any web, website, web app, mobile app, and, and that interaction that happens between that web and that person. So today, we have hundreds of thousands of uh, users. We have more than 150,000 uh, paying customers. We are around 310 people. And, and we help um, these customers of us to collect more than 500 uh, million completed submissions. Right? So we, we are already at, at a certain scale and uh, we are very, very happy although we still have a long way to go. Definitely. There's room for, everybody has room for improvement. That's, uh, we're, we're uh, just, even at HubSpot, there's the, the um, view of kind of, we, we're, we're just getting started and uh, we've got another 10 years. So um, I really appreciate that, that context. And, and for you personally, Typeform has also been, been a journey that, that you started uh, originally in Spain, and then you've moved to the West Coast. Uh, how, how has that been for, for you, for your family, for the business? The move itself, um, it's been great. So we, we landed here uh, a bit more than a year ago. And um, the main reason was business. Everybody uh, was saying, you know, you're going to be fine. You are engaged with Typeform. There's going to be a lot of activities. Very, very importantly is um, how your wife and your daughter, how your family is, is going gonna, is gonna to experience that. And, and luckily, we are very, very happy. Uh, we, we, we feel we are well integrated and well adapted. It's been relatively easy, um, if, if I may say so. And then also from a professional perspective, what the Bay Area has and, and, and to my way of thinking is, is kind of a special place is for the very, very high density of, of uh, highly talented and, and experienced and smart and also diverse people that, that, well, not, that I can meet. So um, having great conversations and, and, and also talking about, um, about Typeform and so Typeform can continue helping customers, partners, and, and so on. So it's, it's been really great. Um, this this has been only a year now, um, a bit more than a year. I've been with Typeform since uh, August thirty first of two thousand eighteen. Um, it's a very specific day because my birthday is September first, and I wanted to uh, give myself a present, which was a new project, something exciting, right? And I had been uh, looking, and I was ready for my next challenge in two thousand eighteen. And I had uh, met at the end of 2017, David and Red, the co-founders of Typeform, and Typeform was a perfect fit for, for me. So I loved uh, the vision, um, 
that vision of being the interface of it, right? So making those synchronous online interactions um, human, right? So full of empathy and and and, and conversation, right? As as human like as possible, right? And and that can apply to everyone everywhere in the world. So I I love that very broad vision and and I really liked uh, David and Roberta. I knew um. I, I already had a lot of experience working, so I had been working already for more than 20 years before I joined Typeformen. And I already knew that I could work uh, for and, and with David and Brad, so that was a great um, uh, feeling that I had. And also, I could see at that point, at that stage, how I could contribute, right? So, And so now it's been, um, well, close to five years, so it's been a, a great journey. <laughs> Nice. It's been it's been a, a good project, and uh, one of the things which I, ha- I have a question for you, um, which is not the easiest question, maybe that I'll that I'll ask today. But uh, CEOs are often perceived as being all powerful, um, and I was wondering for you, uh, what is impossible? So, if if we think about um, the company, the team our project together and especially from a mindset no it, it is my mindset that generally nothing is uh impossible right everything that is at the end a great achievement requires uh focus and consistent effort hard effort hard work and and so I would say also sometimes time, right? So things do not happen overnight. So I, I, I think it's a combination of that purpose that brings us together with grit and a bit of patience, right? For for things to happen. But but in general, um, everything is possible. And I would say that if the mindset is the opposite one, then it's a big waste of time thinking, you know, whether this will be possible or not. And I would say a lot of uh, human accomplishments, like I don't know, landing in the moon or or building the transcontinental train in, in the U.S. Um, I've been reading a lot about the U.S. Just, in its, as a way of learning where I'm living and trying to integrate better. So uh, I think a lot of these things um, would have not happened, right? Because people would be just discussing whether it's possible or not. Like- so I, I think that that mindset is absolutely crucial. And then at the same time, one person alone, yeah. so a CEO ah. or not, uh, I don't think it's enough, right? So you you need a team, and 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 then um, you know the team always elevates the individual. A good team with good dynamics will elevate the individual, uh, will help the individual achieve things that the individual alone w- would not be able to achieve. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, speaking of helping the the individuals. Um, I, th- I thought that was really interesting that you talked about uh, the product being human-like, and that as we, are, for for me, I'm thinking like, what is the next role for sales? Uh, that we have a huge shift going on uh, with technology. We have a huge shift going on in the economy plus AI, and so seeing forms taking on uh, surveys, taking that product, having a more human-like experience. Uh, is is really exciting, and so I'm I'm curious uh, how you see AI within your own product um, for the next kind of twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, so 
AI, I mean, it's it's a great topic, right? And we, we can talk about it. My, my vision of AI or, or my understanding of AI is um, a great transformation, a platform technology that will greatly transform um, a lot of areas in, in our lives and, and businesses. I, I would say it's, it's also, we are starting to, to see a bit of that singularity, right? When, when you have a lot of data and, and, and a lot of um, uh, cloud computational capacities and, and all of that bringing together uh, those and, and making ever more powerful those uh, algorithms, mathematical algorithms. And, and as a personal note as well, so I, I would say it connects with me because um, I, I finished the studying in 1997. I only went back for a short period to Stanford for the Stanford Executive Program in 2017, but I, I finished studying in 1997. And uh, my final paper was uh, predicting credit scoring using neural networks, right? So, and, and back then it was a piece of software added to Excel and uh, we would use, uh, I would use a number of uh, financial ratios of 250 companies to train the model and then provide another 250 companies with eight ratios and say, okay, if this gives you A, AAA, AA or B, what should this be, right? And, and so that, that was already back then and, and now with, uh, as I said, great computational power, uh, data and, and, and everything on the cloud, this kind of brings, brings this together. So in terms of our product, I think it's the greatest opportunity for Typeform to be what Typeform has always wanted to be, right? So Typeform always wanted to be this interface of internet and a very human-like and, and, and in that sense, a very conversational, very personalized um, type of interaction online and asynchronous because we believe um, online and asynchronous gives us, gives our customers a lot of flexibility, right? Um, and, and, and also to the respond. So in, in that sense, uh, we are seeing these technologies, AI, uh, empowering even more our product and through our product, our customers um, to, to create that human-like, um, as human as possible conversational type of uh, interaction. Right. And, and, and it, we can go deeper if, if you want in that direction because uh, a lot changes. It, yeah, I, I think it's um, everybody is is uh, I wouldn't say everybody's at the cutting edge, but we are all still learning uh, uh, right now, and the the speed that we have to learn is accelerating, which sometimes sometimes hurts the head, but I think that is is really exciting. Um, and again, I think as you talk about it, like becoming the interface with the internet, becoming conversational, uh, being able to happen online and asynchronous. This is all for me stuff that traditionally is the domain of salespeople. But at the same time, I see a very strong case that AI is going to give superpowers to sales and marketing people. And so it's it's the onus is on salespeople to adopt this. And uh, so really, uh, really appreciate your, your insight on it. Um, for your own sales and marketing team, I'm curious, are you applying AI currently? Do you have any concrete use cases that you can share? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, 
And I'll take some of your words as well. I mean, we are all learning. Uh, it's it's uh, relatively new um, in and and it's very broad in the possibilities and potential applications. So one of the things that um, we are doing at Typeform is, is embracing it, uh, you know, um, completely, right? Uh, from a product perspective and also from an operational uh, perspective. Um, and even I would say from a product perspective, both from a new features and functionalities um, in our existing products, but also with a new product, Formless, uh, that is um, AI native, right? So it has been thought um, not as what can AI add to this, but uh, now with AI, how can I just create it from from scratch? So that's on the on the product side, and then on the operational side, we have uh, a number of teams that are already using it. So think of engineering and and design, and 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 of course the the product managers themselves as well. Not not for the product, but for their own work, and, and obviously as well for sales and, and marketing. I would say going down into the areas of sales and marketing, the, the two very generic um, kind of uh, applications are around the content creation and the, let's say, summarization of big data, right? Um, in content creation, Think of things as easy as, or as simple as, uh, copywriting, um, creating blogs. Um, think of um, trying to get a number of um, alternatives uh, of <laughs> ad campaigns, right? So I have this ad, I want 20 ads like this. Um, in sales, for instance, uh, we are using it, we're pulling in um, as many sources of data as, as we can, and, and we are always learning and adding, and using AI to, um, uh, let's say, check and A-B test if if the, let's say, um, qualification processes, the lead qualification can, can be better, right? So with, with one objective, basically is devote our valuable AEs and SDR times to to the best leads, right? To, to where they can create the most input. So um, AI is a way I'm... also of, you know, using all of that information to improve the, the, the lead flow process, the, the lead qualification and filtering process. Um, and then, for instance, we're using it also for content summarization. So um, some time ago already, we, we, we developed an internal tool called Toller, and we can fit it with, you know, a, a lot of information also coming from, from the calls and tickets from our customers and and the emails that they send us and then you you can query and, and, and get try to get understanding um of the customer the customer need um and also even you know use it for for enable in, in the next calls right so is, is this the best way to answer this question or or how how could i answer that question or what kind of questions would be interesting so we, we are let's say with gotten um creation and content summarization, uh, there's a number of uh, very detailed kind of use cases here and there, different things in marketing assets. I, I love it. Um, I was So as part of the uh, HubSpot takeover, I also had the chance to interview Goddard Abel from G2. And one of the things that he sees is uh, G2 shifting from 
just purely listings to like full recommendations of this is how to improve your business. And that, that idea of content summarization of like, how do you summarize an entire category of information, um, and, and providing it in a, in a clear way for, for users and marketers to, to excel at their job is, is really powerful. Yes. Yes. We will see more and more, right? So, and, and there's all these very good ideas. So, uh, um, I think that's why, let's say from a CEO perspective, uh, a tech form at least, uh, it's let's, let's try to understand it. Let's try to know what's possible today. Let's try to use it and apply it, but, but based on the things we want to improve for a customer or for ourselves. So that's, that's the principle. Right, so we don't want to create a feature for the sake of creating a feature, or we don't want to use it just for the sake of using it. It's because we want to improve something and improve something today, right? So there is a more immediate application, um, and and then we know okay. that by being closer, we, we learn, and also we are also becoming more aware of what might be coming, right? And um, because for sure, there's gonna be a lot more coming. Definitely. And we'll certainly see a big wave of early adopters and then people like the retention and usage of things because people are not used to it. Um, I, I see a lot of people predicting that the end of Google and people are no longer going to search. And it's from, coming from very smart people that I know, like Google has trained people for 15 years. Like you just put in information into this box. Like I'm pretty sure like that that kind of natural um, behaviors and, and uh, reactions uh, it's, it's very difficult to to train a billion people to do differently. Yes, uh, I would say that um, on on the one side, predicting is difficult, right? There's there's this sentence uh, I think typically economists say, you know, so uh, predicting is is very difficult, especially if it's about the future, right? And and if that future is not a week, a month, or a quarter from now, but maybe five years or ten years, then then uh, it's it's even more difficult. And, and then the second thing that I that I can see is um, maybe um, worries, um, concerns, or let's say not embracing things because of um, being worried about one's job, right? About um, not being necessarily open or willing to do the effort to change the ways of working, right? So we've been doing this for a while. Why should we change it? So there's always, um, let's say, reasons, and I would say, uh, generally, let's say, understandable, but in the mid and long term, not necessarily rational reasons um, that that might block, uh, let's say, people from 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 moving forward, from from being open, and from uh, just testing, trying, and learning and new things. AI in this yep. case, for instance. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that that um, the fear on the part of consumers, but also even on, on the team of not wanting to be the person who accidentally launched the feature that nobody uses or the feature that like caused a massive problem that the company wasn't anticipating. <laughs> the CEO had not expected to get an email about that. <laughs> I, and that's a good point, right? So I, I think that in that uh, uh, willingness and openness to try yeah. new things, um, you always always have to also consider 
um, among the things that are possible, uh, which ones or in what situations I do not want to be, right? So for instance, we, we are very cautious and very respectful uh, of the privacy of the information and, and individual privacy in general. So even beyond, um, let's say, regulations like GDPR and so on. So of course, let's say in, in, in trying and testing and learning new things, we don't want to we don't want to put information there that that becomes public and, and it shouldn't become public, right? So th there's a scenario always we have to be thoughtful about some scenarios uh, where uh, one would say, if I knew that I was going there, I I I would not go there. Right, so that there is a, a sentence by Warren Buffett that says, "If I knew where I was going to die, I would never go there." Right, so things that could harm us uh, or our customers significantly—that's the place we don't want. Even with new technologies and all the potential uh, opportunities that they offer. Yeah, and so um, changing uh, gears slightly, uh, in terms of the go-to-market, I'm. I think that. Uh, Going back five years, the PLG companies would just annoy me so much because I was like, you don't understand. Like sales is really, really hard. Like you've got to get in front of customers and you know what to tell you no most of the time. And so you get then got to fine tune which ones you present to, how you present to things, work out the deal structure. Uh, but And HubSpot is the first company that I've joined that has had a very strong PLG. I don't know if it's PLG driven, but certainly PLG oriented or, or PLG assisted motion. And I've seen the the advantage of having a really good user experience. Like a, a very, it's almost like the product. It's easy to use the product. Um, and I, I was curious, from your perspective, like we see companies like Atlassian moving from PLG to more sales, like Slack, more PLG to more sales. Like, how do you see? Where do you see Typeform? Or where is Typeform today? And where do you think you're going to be in twelve to eighteen months? Yeah, so I would say Typeform uh, was built on a couple of pillars. One was the respondent experience, offering uh, the respondent the very best experience. You know, that's why it's, it's beautiful. It feels conversational. You can put videos and and so from from a visual but also experiential point is is great. And and the other pillar was the creator experience. Right, and and that was around the idea that even though it's a um, professional tool uh, for work, it doesn't have to be difficult, right? So uh, you, you don't need to go um, to an academy for three months to learn the broad, right? So, and back in the day, that was also called consumerization of B2B. So you you take like apps for consumers; they they tend to be very easy, right? Because they they have to be usable uh, for for everyone so that that was a, a bit of the beginning I would say as as two very clear pillars in how to design and how, how to go about this and and both David and Red are designers so they are designers at heart right they they love tinkering with products and and, and think of the experience of that person using that product both creator and and respondent and then in addition to that, there is an, um, let's say, an element of, of organic growth that is very natural in in Typeform and this type of solutions, because as as a 
as a customer, I can create a survey or a form, and then depending on the job, um, I don't know, $100 people see it, or maybe it's $10,000 people that will see it. And, and they are responding to this, and they are seeing that this is a great experience, and some of them naturally think, oh, um, I could use this for my job, or I could use this if I am a freelancer uh, for my business, right? Um, so it creates a little bit that kind of uh, look very positive, reinforcing look. Um, I think this is this is well there. We 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 are a freemium um, product, so people can start using it for free, and then depending on their intentions and 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 their volume and so on, then they can start adopting it and, and pay for it as a subscription. So all of that is there. I, I believe that um, when we think this or that it's a bit limiting right and and it happens a lot it's is this product-led growth or sales-led right is this marketing or sales i think this is limiting i think there might be different stages of evolution uh, where you prioritize certain certain things certain things are easier uh maybe they will bring faster and bigger impact and so on but but in the end, what, what I believe and what we can see is um, companies that are very sales-led thinking, you know, how can my product become more of an ambassador? How can I make it easier? And companies that uh, start at the PNG thinking, how can I boost, um, let's say, growth? And how can I, how can I add new levers, right? And I remember um, when I joined Typeform, I was coming from a uh, mobile gaming company and our uh, marketing budgets were significantly bigger. Uh, it was consumer business and it was a big booming business. Um, so we were investing a lot of money. And then at Typeform with PLG, uh, we, we were investing like a very small fraction of, of what I was used to, to see. And so we, we started thinking, okay, how so the product is there and of course it has to be it's the key right so even when i don't know 100 and something years ago uh, uh ford invented let's say and, and commercialized the car the product was 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 the most important right but then in addition to that you add things right and and so we thought okay the product is there the product is great uh what can we add to and and we for instance became very good at performance marketing so um, it's new levers, and I think that working in conjunction, not one against the other, not seen as a alternative or a fight for, you know, who is most important or better, um, but working together, it's it's how we leverage on the different efforts in the different areas. So I have another question about that, but I want to do a little parenthesis uh, because you touched on the topic, which is. Um, very near and dear to my heart. Uh, when you said that when you were working in a mobile uh, gaming company that you had a huge uh, marketing budget, and I remember the the kind of that phase pre-2018 where it was just like nonstop uh, ads for, for um, mobile games. But you managed to not take that playbook with you to Typeform. And one of the things that drives me nuts is when I see sales leaders and they just apply the previous playbook without change like they just take the logo off the front put a new logo and that is their playbook 
And it drives me nuts because you're like, you didn't pay any attention to what's going on here. And invariably, like, it sounds great. Like, they are really confident about it because they have been doing it. It did work somewhere else. And 12 months later, it's a disaster and it, like a wasteland. And, and so I'm curious for you, what was your mindset or like what allowed you to be able to be like, that was my playbook before, but I'm not going to come in here and be like, Typeform's new marketing budget just went up 100x. Boom. How did you do that? Yeah, I, I think that um, you have to realize that um, principles are the most important and your past experiences can, um, let's say, give you some intuition and, but you cannot apply it directly, right? This, this would be like, that sentence also of, to a man with a hammer, every problem seems a nail, right? So um, you can try to, you know, hammer everything. Sometimes it will not work. You have to have maybe a broader uh, toolkit or surround yourself with um, more people that have those toolkits and, and then go back to the principles. The principle for me was, okay, this is a consumer business. It uses specific channels, the app stores, uh, it also moved from, you know, like uh, only Facebook ads into, you know, Facebook and ad networks and then the influencer marketing and even TV. And and of course, there was uh, an evolution and different stages because when things get bigger, some some new sources or or channels are possible. When things are smaller or budgets are smaller, some of those uh, options are not there or, or are not adequate. So, but if you have a great product, are there people that don't know about it? And um, are there people that would want to, because maybe it's not only about generating demand or capturing demand, maybe it's also speaking to your customers across the lifestyle, right? So marketing can, is, is more than just acquiring a new custom. It's, it's also about how you speak to your existing customers, you inform them about things, what's new. And one of the things, for instance, that uh, it's it's also happening games and, and any software as a service is that because it is as a service, it's not only that you subscribe to it, it it's that the software keeps evolving, keeps adding things, new functionalities, adjacent solutions, and so on and so forth. And, and therefore, uh, you know, in games you have the core loop, but then you have all the additional loops that make that game interesting for the customer at the different stages of that customer journey. And the same with, with platform, right? So you start and you, you start with creation of the first use case, but there are so many other things you can do. Maybe you have uh, integrated only with, with HubSpot, right? But maybe you, you could also send some applications or you could do, you could do a lot of things with this, right? So, well, the principles were are we already uh, talking with every customer we talk to? Are we talking at the different stages? And and of course, it would not be the same child, right? So we, we don't distribute through through an app store, right? So uh, then the, the how is very, very specific, maybe even the targets and the volumes, right? So we, we cannot go from 0.8 or 1% of what I would invest here to 100%, but maybe we can go from 1% maybe five to maybe ten percent because this is consumer and this is b2b but it's still a very big b2b market 
uh, our product especially is also very broad so uh, it, it's not a niche vertical solution it can serve to many purposes and, and therefore the addressable market in that sense is very big and the possibilities to talk to these people via marketing is also very big right so but i fully agree with you it's it's not like hey we have to invest this amount and we have to do it through these sources and this channel and that because that's how it worked uh, before I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying and I've, i started my career in uh, b2b financial publishing and so we had events we had the website was starting to come online but very little revenue coming from it uh, and we had print ads and people selling SaaS now don't fully appreciate how profitable print ads were it like literally almost cost nothing and every single print ad that you got in there was just pure profit and i got trained by the people who were selling that mm-hmm. before me mm-hmm. and it was enterprise sales before mm-hmm. it was at called enterprise sales and they were very smart people they were very good at sales and they just refused they had seen the first internet bubble and as it like crashed and then came back they just refused to go and they just they wouldn't and wouldn't and wouldn't and wouldn't and i hear what you're saying but like I think right now, as we come into AI, there are going to be those people who are like, I'm not doing this. And so I'm curious for you, what it was that allowed you to let go of that previous motion and be like, I know that's how, that was one playbook that I could run. I'm going to let go of that. I'm going to do something different now. Yes. I think there can be a number of things. For instance, I, I, I tried to um, read a lot about history. And, and this is, if, if you know me, very well, uh, you would say Kim is always thinking about the future. Why is he so much interested about the past? And and what happens is that I, I understand these different cycles. For instance, when a new technology emerges, everybody thinks the existing technology will completely disappear. And and it, it mostly doesn't happen like this, right? So for instance, in terms of ads and marketing, uh, I, I've seen sometimes uh, in some businesses like classified ads, uh, use very well radio, right? So uh, it's like this is something that was done back in the day. We, we don't do this a- anymore because everything is online. And then, well, eventually, uh, some years ago, I saw the radio investments being a, a good way of investing. So, kind of thinking about this, uh, I'm also uh, very much uh, of a mindset of, um, your experience and everything um, in, informs uh, that intuition. And th- there are some laws, like let's say business has some physics, right? So gravity affects us all, right? So, and, and in business, there, there are some, some laws that you have to discern from, from specific cycles and, and specific uh, situations. But even with those laws uh, that are acting as principles, then there's um, you know a number of um, convictions that you can have, have them but loosely help, right? So maybe I would go in and I would say, um, I don't think investing in the UK tube is gonna make any sense, right? But if if you think of this world where everything changes, is dynamic, consumer expectations are dynamic, uh, maybe one day you have to try. Right, and 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 that also is linked with um, having, let's say, no ego, right? So 
not measuring oneself for how many things I said that were right, right? I mean, I know I will be wrong many, many times, right? But then that's why I, I want a team, uh, because the, everybody's contributing something, right? And maybe somebody would say, I think we should try that. And then say, well, it doesn't feel, but try, right? Because, and, and, and of course, you have to prioritize, and if you have time and budget and, and so on and so forth. But in any case, there's this kind of mindset and this kind of, um, let's say, when you go back to what you know and you have a direct experience or you have read, that is, okay, this informs me, but then things change continuously. Be open to learn. Be open to try. I think if that wasn't like this, and of course it will always be like this, you could basically put it in um, autopilot and companies cannot go on autopilot. You have to continuously manage and be on top of it and, and make continuous decisions. Yeah, really, really appreciate that. It's It's a tough topic because I've seen very, very smart people just completely go off the rails uh, trying to execute on it. So I appreciate that that insight. I'm, so I think that kind of brings us nicely back to the um, what how we're talking about PLG and what um, Alina uh, Vandenberg from Chili Piper described as product-assisted growth. And she's ex-product, uh, had a product, and then she moved it to be CMO. So in a way, it seems like that's... Is, would you say that product-assisted growth is a good description for type 4? As product as I would say as an ambassador, I think she's completely right. Um, and, and I would say that in a way the product is an ambassador in our case, because as, as I said, like more than 500 million completed interactions, let's say responses, right? Surveys, forms, whoa, whoa, whoa. that, that is, you know, hundreds of millions of people, 200, whatever million people. Uh, experiencing that, and 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 if the experience is great, then then they think hmm, uh, maybe I should try this, right? So that that's one one thing of our product led growth. Uh, another thing is the idea that you have teams that are uh, working on the core of a product, let's say the functionalities, but you also have teams that work on the area of product growth, right? So uh, um, and and then on top of that. And, and this is where product meets marketing a lot of times, right? So it's, it's teams that were, because for instance, in, in customer um, lifecycle management, right? Um, you can create an in-app notification that you can also send an email. Um, you can do it before sign up, after sign up, or before certain moments in the journey. So yeah, all of that is is, is growth in, in a way, right? If you want to... Uh, keep growing, meaning new customers or the same customer doing more things for more time, right? So in, in that sense, uh, that's also a place where product leads a lot and really meets at some point marketing because, you know, you can set the the, um, the point of connection or the boundary, uh, w whatever you want in your org design, right? So, um, yeah, well, I would say our product is, is the ambassador and and then we we equip it and we equip ourselves with as many levers as as we can and so uh one of the the dynamics that i see 
um, with very, very strong product teams is that historically they have operated, I wouldn't say in a bubble, but very focused on their own product. And it's very well instrumented. It's very well measured. The tests are very well controlled. But from my seat coming in as a HubSpot, somebody talking about HubSpot integrations, I can talk to a team who have no idea about HubSpot. I'm like, you have over a thousand customers using this and you, there's not like somebody who's the dedicated expert of this. And if the company is not using HubSpot, oftentimes that, that in-house expertise doesn't exist. And HubSpot is an important integration. It's not the only integration. And so um, as you see the product team evolving, do you see like building out expertise around specific integrations? Like how can you ensure for Typeform that those integrations are really robust across the key integrations for, for your customers? It's a great point. And I would say that the main responsibility of, of the different product managers or, or leaders, let's say, in the different teams is decide what's going to be built, right? So they, they work with designers, with with, um, uh, with engineers in these triads, right? Sometimes, in, let's say, in some companies, we do extend that triad to involve also people that are around data and research and and strategy, right? So the idea of competitive intelligence and so on. But but in the end, that person is is central in this and has a role, which is decide what's going to be built, right? If that person loves the product, it's great. But what is most important is that that person loves the customer, right? Understands, empathizes with the customer. That's where um, I've seen some gaps. Right, where where I can see, even let's say, so, some founders, right? So they build the product they want for themselves, but that's that's not, you know. And maybe sometimes if it's really really sales led, you build the product that the customer, that this customer or that customer, right? Then and then you can maybe go into the direction of becoming more of a kind of service provider to these very big customers with very big budgets and very big annual contract values, right? So in our case, the, the product manager and general, the product organization has to truly understand um, those elements of our target customers that are common, right? So a lot of times, for instance, is you want to build this functionality. How many people in our target customer group will back from it? Right, because if it's only one in one hundred and fifty thousand, uh, I don't know if we should build that. Right, so maybe, probably not. Right, but if it's uh, 20 percent, or 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 maybe a smaller group, but of the highest value customers, um, that then then maybe it makes sense. But you really need to understand the customer. So uh, what I would say is, um, love the customer really like your product because otherwise and a lot of people join that from because they really like the product right but love the customer and then also take other information into consideration like for instance the competitors and so on so when i i think that's the key thing and and that's also where a lot of communication and common ground can be found between sales marketing and product because in the end it's we are building for them we are marketing to them we are assisting in the sales or decision process uh, before the sales and maybe even after the sales, right? So uh, 
in, in, in ensuring their success. Um, so if we have the customer as the priority, we are all aligned and we have a common ground to talk about what's, what are we going to do together? Great. Well, I really appreciate that. And for, for our audience who is uh, primarily sales focused, I apologize. I'm very interested in, in product. And so I'm, I'm steering Kim onto the product topic because Typeform is an expert on it. But, but also because I think that sales, as salespeople, we need to be in a position to succeed. And the key way that we can see this by uh, caring about and investing in our own product. And if we are selling the same product in 12 months from as we are today, we as salespeople have failed the organization. That is our job to challenge the organization to continue to get better and improve it. The only way we can do that is by understanding how it's how it's operating today. And and look, you, you are salespeople are talking with customers continuously, right? So and 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 the topics of conversation can can be also decided. No. Uh, you, I want to ask about these things and I will probably be responding to these questions. So that information is gold, right? It's it's almost like let's say customer care information where the pro, where the customer is having problems, maybe hasn't seen something, something is difficult, something is possible and they are asking about this, that's gold, right? And and then th that's where um let's say product has its own motions and has to include and pull in all of this information as well. Um, because there might be this idea that if you ask the customer what they want, it's a faster course and maybe what they want and what I provide as a solution is not exactly the same thing in its form, but it's in its objectivities, right? So I want to go places faster. I can only imagine the faster course because I'm not used to anything else. Maybe the broad person with its own creativity can can create something different, right? But in any case, that information is absolutely golden, as well as competitive intelligence information. You, you know when you lose a project, why you lose, right? At, at, at least after a number of calls, 10, 15 of a similar pattern, you can recognize patterns. And And if we want to win together as a company, this information is, and this team collaboration is absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so on the on the sales team, um, I'm curious. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how how you do sales now, and and uh, what it's going to look like, y your vision for it, in, in uh, the next year, year and a half? Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. We we started as PLG, and back in the early days uh, uh, of my tenure at type form, I, I suggested that um, being such a broad uh, application, such a versatile application, um, we we should do marketing, right? And and we started doing marketing. We became very good at doing performance marketing, and we added that, um, and let's say, critical lever of, of growth, right? It's almost like a plane. Well, you fly with two engines, and then you add another two engines, and Eventually, it's, it's safer, it's faster, and and that's so on. Now, um, we are adding a third element, right, which is going up market. Well, we we have been for uh, about a year or a year plus seeing signal coming from 
um, slightly larger companies, right? And these larger companies are not very large, uh, but they are in the few hundreds and maybe small thousands of employees. And there's a big market there, right? So uh, if, if you look at the pyramid of companies in the world, viable businesses, there's statistics saying there are 67 million of which, you know, like more than 40 million are less than 10 employees, single business owners and freelancers and, and, and all of that. And there's only 320,000 that are um, bigger than 500 employees. So there's uh, in that, let's say 50 plus to 500 or even 500 to maybe a thousand or there's, there's a lot of them. And, and, and I think, uh, let's say, I think it because we've seen data that says, um, they, they use us more at, at a bigger scale. Um, and, and so we, we want to help them, right? It, it helps us grow and, and we can help them. And it, it, it creates that kind of positive thing. So now we are thinking, okay, we want to, um, add a sales assistant motion, right? And that sales assistant motion is end to end. So it starts before the sales is done. So we are assisting the customer there and it continues when the customer has signed a contract. Then it can also continue uh, during the whole uh, lifetime of, of this customer, right? Um, because they will use it in a bigger scale. Uh, they will, uh, they are paying us uh, more money. And so we can dedicate, let's say, human time. The key thing here and, and our philosophy is working with one funnel and different journeys, segmented journeys. So everybody, our marketing, right, uh, is going after, let's say, target groups in different ways, but it's going after everybody. And everybody comes at the top of this funnel. And then depending on who you are and where you are in this uh, funnel, we will segment you out. So you can ask for it, obviously, you can be proactive in that sense. And, and that's where people say, I want to contact sale and we want to make that very easy for them. But also we can also decide, hey, you are a customer of this company um, and, and we would like to talk. That's where we are using also, we already had uh, some projects around uh, lead flow management and qualification of these leads, but we are adding new technologies, AI-based technologies as well, and additional data sources to, to do that even, even better. So one funnel, multiple journeys, and one of these journeys um, will, will take companies and people working in those companies to talk to our um, humans, employees, type formers, and, and have a let's say a white glove or more VIP type of service. And um, in terms of the sales enablement, like how, how do you provide your sales team? Like what assets do you provide your sales team to, to be successful or uh, and onboarding them as part of this very, like very strong product organization so that they can hold their weight? So th that, I wouldn't say that is different or at least we have not found a a better or different way to other companies so it's it's a lot about battle cards and um 
very good product, uh, information, so timely, but also detailed enough so that they know um, obviously what they are selling and the different functionalities. Um, it's use case information because we are very broad that use. So uh, there can be, typically we work very well with customers that are um, customer facing themselves, right? So marketers and salespeople, because they do not have, um, it is not guaranteed that their audience uh, will be responding to them. So that's why Typeform, which say beautiful forms and different experiences with video ads, the videos, uh, and so on, and, and the big real estate around, you know, the question, but also everything around that question creates attention and, and that's why they, they love us, right? There's uh, HR people that do that also for hiring because it's not obvious that a good candidate that you want to draw into your pipeline will actually respond to you. So that kind of maximizes that, that, uh, that will welcome outcome, right? So people are uh, actually giving their tactic. So um, well, what, what we are doing is, is uh, we, we are enabling them by, by providing all of this information. So how to respond to things, uh, our product, the different use cases, uh, competitive analysis. And this, we, we see it also as an iterative process, right? So as, as I was saying, um, we'll, there's a lot of calls, right? So we, we don't have a, a big team right now. It's, it's four A's and one SDR. So, but, but they generate a lot of calls and, and then we can also bring that content and, and summarize it, digest it through AI. And, and we also learn and that feeds back into, okay, so this is a new question or, okay, this is a new feature and you didn't know. So have to know about it. That's that extremely different. What, where I think it's, um, different to what I've heard usually is um, in our org design, a one CRO that takes care of everything. So there is no separation of marketing and sales and, and that creates that one fun, right? And the contact and the interaction between product marketing, the different marketing people and, and sales uh, and success and care, which success and care is also in the same organization, then creates that kind of uh, virtual circle of learning that will work with. Yeah, I, it's a really interesting to hear about. And, and um, I, I, I think that that seems like it, it's a very interesting team that, that will have a lot of value to add. Uh, and so I hope the other teams are open to, to listening to the, the feedback that they have from customers directly. And, and hope, I assume you're also using AI on the call so you can just bring that data back in directly as product feature requests. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, final question. Um, you've had a, a very successful career. Um, I, I think one of the things that's challenging is people are coming out of the COVID phase, like a lot of people are still working remote in software companies. Um, if you were early in your career, I, I'm wondering what advice you would give, what, or what advice would you give to people early in their career? So it's, it's, it's really good, an excellent question. And I would say that 
first of all, career career management is more about the future than the past. So I would try to understand and and always be looking at how this. I mean, if I am in sales, for instance, um, it's not so important how sales have been done in the last twenty years. Right? It's more important how sales will be in the next step or the next 20. But visibility around the future is, uh, let's say, somewhat. So I would say, think about and, and be ready to learn um, what's what's this function going to be in the next 10 years, right? Um, um, in clients that that, um, let's say, person will not only be looking at the uh, necessary immediate uh, crafts and skills and, and needs of the job, but also around the job, right? So if I think of sales, for instance, and that's just an example, but I would say you want to understand what happens after sales, right? So if you are at the early stages of your career, you have spent a couple of years in sales, maybe you should expand, expand invest, right? One year in, in care or success, right? Because then you you know what is happening, right? If, if you are in a company that does not address Fortune 500, but addresses a much wider type of um, customers out there, everything around RevOps is very important, right? So um, how decisions are made based on data and statistical data is, is also very important because in the end, um, the most important element of sales is, is not to always have human there, right? Humans will be will continue being more and more so empowered by technologies so that they can apply themselves when that human creativity, that human communication that is truly empathetic, that is truly, um, you know, um, customer driven, right? Uh, and, and, and in the end, also that final decision making making is, is necessary, right? So a lot of, so I, I would say think about that and and equip yourself with what's next, what's before, um, because also eventually you will be growing in that direction, and and you have to know about it, right? And it's open to learn. Uh, I would say I'm I'm a big believer in. In, in learning continuously. Kim, thank you very much. Uh, it was great to have you on the Make It Happen podcast. Um, sorry, John Barrows couldn't be here. I, I'm sure that he would have enjoyed the, the discussion, um, but really appreciate uh, Typeform, everything you're doing in the HubSpot ecosystem, and uh, look forward to hopefully getting the chance to, to meet you some point soon. Thank you, Russell. I mean, amazing questions that made the whole interview uh, very, very exciting and, and, and engaging for me. So it's, I hope that, yeah, we will meet soon. Uh, right. Are you are you going to Sastak this year, by the way? Sastak? Yes. Okay, well, may, maybe we can catch up in Dublin then. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll be there. So let, let's make sure I'm going to inbound first. And, uh, well, even... and then in October, I'll, I'll go to Sastak as well. Even better. Thank you so much. Take care. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. With your support and our incredible guests, we're one of the top sales podcasts out there right now, and I can't thank you enough. 
Now, to keep the momentum going, it would mean the world to me if you could go and leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and share some of your favorite episodes with your network. Also, check out my new website at www.johnmmichaelbarrows.com, where you'll find even more ways to engage. There's a ton of free content, and you can also get trained from me directly as an individual or for your team. Look, I'm out there selling every day just like you are, and I'm doing my best to stay on top of all the latest trends in technology. So if you're looking to level up and you give a shit about this profession of sales, let's connect and let's make this happen together.